Så kuulen, Sharp Life Digiteravdajat podcasti. And welcome, welcome to the first podcast of Sharp Life Branding Woo. podcast series. Woop woop. <laughs> All right, today uh, we have a really, really special <coughs> guest because, uh, as you understand, I'm not speaking my native language, <laughs> so that's the thing already. Today, our guest of honor is is Avery Avery Schrader. He's a 20-year-old CEO of Makery. Um, which is an influencer marketing startup based in Tallinn, and uh, he's actually from Canada. Ooh, and after <laughs> after he left Canada as a teenager to live as as a as a professional climber, I could say. I don't know about professional. More like uh, couldn't afford an apartment, so I moved into a cave and climbed rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he. That was your agenda coming to Europe, right? Originally, yeah. Yeah, and and since he's in Tallinn, his agenda has changed, and now <laughs> mildly, yeah, <laughs> mildly, and he's now in the in the startup game. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little about you, because uh, like I said in the introduction, you're from Canada, right? Yes, and, sir. And now you're in Estonia, because um, funny thing, the first time we we met. Uh, you, if I remember correctly, you said you came here to the university. <laughs> what, what were you planning to study? <laughs> so uh, I was planning to study, um, the degree I was taking was like business administration, but uh, with a twist where it was supposed to be entrepreneurship focused. Mm-hmm. But um, I realized that that's kind of a contradiction to itself, where it's like go to university to become an entrepreneur it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's more like... <laughs> Just do the thing and become an entrepreneur. So, yeah, it didn't last long, but that was the degree that I studied, mm-hmm. started studying. Yeah. And 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 yeah, like I said, your agenda really changed. What was like? Share the story. What was the what was the changing point that that made you to decide that uh, okay, now I'm studying entrepreneurship, but mm. fuck it, I'm gonna become an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like. Um, I think entrepreneurship is fundamentally about being like a decent person who wants to do stuff and is willing to like work super hard and that's pretty much it. It's more like a mindset thing. So uh, being in a class full of people who like were in university to be an entrepreneur, I didn't feel like I I fit in there and I fit in better at the, the conferences where there's real entrepreneurs or at the incubators where I'm just going around knocking on doors like, hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm Avery. I'm from Canada and there's no risk for me to come in here and uh, just introduce myself and see if you'll talk to me. So uh, actually, I did that at Tenopole. I just walked around and introduced myself. <laughs> for real? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Just like, just like, yeah, I like your like way of thinking that it's not about learning to do, mm. it's about doing it. Doing to learn, yeah, it's like flipping it, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. and it's, I think maybe partly it's just me, school, the, the whole construct of sitting down and like, uh, I don't know, there's no experimentation in, in school systems in mm-hmm. general, and there's not a lot of collaboration either, so I learned from long time ago that I'm not that smart and <laughs> I need <laughs> like, to surround like, myself with people that are like cla- classical than. smart you mean just like yeah I mean in every way right people some most people are smarter than me in most ways and so uh, in university <laughs> I'm 
not really able to like uh, there's not like a focus on collaborating with other people to mm -hmm. do something yeah because like the traditional school work is uh, you need yeah. to do it yourself right yeah and it's and like if, uh, if you yeah. if you talk to other people that's cheating yeah and it's like um, four years to get an entrepreneurship degree uh, or you can go to a hackathon and found a startup in 48 hours so <laughs> what do you like <laughs> what's what's the balance uh, yeah there's this other options right yeah yeah okay cool and uh, like if we're talking about your company a little it's mm. it's about um, it's about influencer marketing yeah yeah and and digital marketing mm. in general we're gonna we're gonna c come deeper into the deeper into the influencer marketing soon but yeah. um, but uh, since we're both in the digital marketing and and so to say branding field I'd, I'd ask you like how do you think that digital marketing <coughs> actually helps real world companies because it's uh, uh, let's it's be honest let's be honest like if we're <coughs> if we're talking in Estonia context mm. we're yes we're in 2018 yeah yeah but if we still take the the bigger half of companies let's be honest they still don't you know uh, if you're going to them you're you're like a snake oil salesman to them most of the time right? yeah in some ways like um, it depends on the company too <laughs> and it depends on what I would say is a little bit different about the Estonian ecosystem is that um, I would say in US and Canada right now if you asked people what kind of marketing they do the first answer in the list would be digital probably mm -hmm. like uh, yeah we run a lot of Facebook ads and banner ads yeah. <laughs> Facebook ads banner ads and maybe we dabble in some influencer stuff and we're trying to make a lot of content but it's really hard and blah 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 mm -hmm. in Estonia it's more like uh, we do outdoor print and sometimes digital stuff or we have banner ads <laughs> and um, yeah that was actually kind of a shock to me a little bit and coming here and seeing all the billboards and posters and stuff it's just <laughs> a little bit different but um, yeah I think that the value in, in digital is it's like um, your only true ally against the long-term battle of irrelevancy. It's like you, you're, you're either, uh, you're just trying to get somebody, get your name in somebody's head, like, mm -hmm. or you're trying to pull them in to actually care about who you are. It's like, uh, I might know who Casper, I might know your name is Casper, but if mm -hmm. I know nothing about you, then it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And what uh, digital allows you to do is kind of have that dialogue and, um, Build, yeah, without knocking on those doors, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like um, the difference between screaming at somebody so they hear you and whispering so they come a little closer. It's uh, mm, that's good. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, digital is like to me just makes so much sense logically, statistically, any way you look at it. Which is why it's funny when you get the reaction of like snake oil, snake oil salesman. The internet is is a fad. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know. There's still people out there I think who think the internet will disappear soon. Hmm. <laughs> sure. So, so, what's your take on online marketing? Is all like we almost like got into that already. But let me ask you from another angle, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like your take on, you know, as people saying, online marketing is all magic and unicorn powder. <laughs> <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> or, yes. or how would you say like companies and personal brands should incorporate online and offline marketing together? Because. Mm. Because like now we're talking about it from from the opposite angle. Because because mm -hmm. there's there's also some people who really 
expect or hope that that if you're an online marketer, like you have some kind of magic powers. Like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna give my Facebook ad campaigns to manage to you or, or my banner ads or yeah. whatever, I'm expecting you to to 10x my revenue by next month yeah, yeah. without without changing my business operations or yeah, anything. Yeah. Like, what's your take on that? Uh, but just so I understand the question, like integrating, trying to come, like uh, developing ways to kind of, instead of saying either we do outdoor or print or digital like figuring out ways to combine yeah them. how to how to make them work together yeah as, as a unity i mean i think this is like super um i don't know it's a really kind of maybe its own evolving way of marketing even it right now the best examples of that come like from kind of guerrilla marketing experts where you see like jeep or like at jeep in the middle of a parking spot that's I don't know, painted on the side of a cliff or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because we're so, like, everybody knows if you write at Makery, what that means. It means our online handle is Makery and find us there. Mm -hmm. So these simple ways of integrating stuff is really cool. I've seen really good, um, uh, some ad agencies, I forget who the first one to do it was, but where it's like a billboard with like 100 words on it. And um, if you're reading this, you probably crash your car while you're waiting. Why don't you go to our website? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like a creative way to drive people from that print or outdoor to uh, online where you can actually get them in a funnel because somebody like drives past your billboard and sees your name. You're lucky. Maybe they search you and then they're in the funnel. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they've just seen your name. And maybe if you're like Coca-Cola or these massive uh, companies who really, it's hard to but they don't even really need to worry about ROI anymore. It's like uh, more like we just need to make sure somebody doesn't catch up. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't know if that's, uh, yeah, but I think it's really important to find ways to integrate these two things and, yeah. Yeah, to like integrate uh, brand awareness, which is done offline, <coughs> and to to actually connect it with a, with a, with a funnel online that yeah. you, could, you could actually get that person to to be connected with you somehow. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's uh, the thing with... I'm not saying that uh, mm. outdoors is bad. Cause no, it's, yeah. It's, it's great. It's, it's good if it's good. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's It's been here for forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it's not going anywhere. Because mm. people still go outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, but it's like... I think it's the same... It's good when it's good is, is pretty much the, the kicker yeah, for all forms of advertising. Yeah. It's like... If it's working, then continue to do it. And yeah, if, and if it's it. not, then you need to shift. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little more about uh, the influencer part because that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the that's the part where you're home at, and that's yeah. that's your bread and butter every day. That's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, but um, before we go in, into you know these deep questions, tell me about a little about uh, the story. How did you? Because digital marketing is, is is a huge land on its own like we have yeah. paid marketing uh, social media marketing growth yeah, hacking and influencer <laughs> marketing whatever and like what was the thing for you that you decided that influencer marketing that's that's going to be the thing for yeah. you and you're going to be the you're going to you're going to be the dude in, in Estonia and in Europe and mm. hopefully in the world that's going to mm. change how influencer marketing <laughs> is done yeah i think that uh, Influencer marketing attracted me mostly because of how human it is and just, I mean, the idea of getting to interact with these people that I followed online or, or that sort of thing is really motivating for me because it's like, I grew up following these creators and um, 
you know, if, if you're the kid that moves around a lot and uh, you don't have any friends at the new school, but um, the podcast you listen to is always there. And it was like, for me, um, these online creators and rap music were like the things that I always had plugged into my head. So um, growing up, it was like uh, just the evolution of the content that I consumed was all focused on. I really like this person, even if the topic mm -hmm. is like um, mildly interesting, like you, maybe at one point it was like gaming and then eventually it's like, ah, this guy has interesting perspective on this political thing that I have nothing to, no idea about, mm -hmm. but it's a cool mm -hmm. way to learn. And then you become attached to these people and as I got older, it, I kind of faded away and I was living and I was climbing a lot and doing that thing, so I was away from <laughs> the, the part where you didn't have money for an apartment, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I was uh, away from it for a while, and then when I came back and realized that I really wanted to build something, this was just like a natural direction for me to go and learn a little bit about digital in general, and I could kind of see that it, it made a lot of sense and that influencer marketing has been here forever, whether it was um, back in the day when you're Thomas Edison or then later on your um, Martin Luther King you know these people were mm -hmm. influencers of their own time and in their own right mm -hmm. and um, everybody's telling a different story but it's it's when people are listening you're an influencer so and then it was product placement and you've seen coca-cola sitting next to Ross and friends or whatever and mm -hmm. so yeah looking at the industry and what stayed consistent and what's kind of developing now it seemed like uh, as far as the market it seemed like a reasonable place to go maybe you know Figuring out the new, we're not reinventing the wheel. We're trying to do something real. So because mm -hmm. uh, the thing with with influencer marketing is is cool that like like you said it's mm -hmm. been here forever, but but now like in the in the mm -hmm. late, latest years and, and now even more than ever it's it's a thing. It's a big thing and scalable. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is that because <coughs> uh, when we were young, kids wanted to be like firefighters or mm -hmm. doctors or lawyers. Yeah. Now, now they want to be YouTubers <laughs> or, or influencers, which is which is cool by its own. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I like the thing that you said, like uh, like when you were young, you didn't actually you didn't actually care so much about the products they were like focusing or the topics, yeah, but. Yeah. But like, yeah, the thing with influencer marketing is that you, you buy the person first, right? Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, um, if I really like somebody and want them to make more of what they, they're making and, you know, I, it's like your, your best friend or your mom, you wouldn't hesitate to do them a favor. Mm -hmm. So if I want to, if I, if somebody puts out a merch line and they put out a cool t-shirt that I think is cool and I would wear and it kind of represents that I watch them and that's part of my identity or whatever. Plus, I'm doing them a favor by buying it. It's like, it just makes sense, you know. It's like, yeah, cool. I get to feel good about supporting my favorite guy. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so it makes sense. I like the way you think about it, yeah. But let's talk about a little about the influencer marketing, uh, you know, angles and then mm. good and bad sides. Because uh, I'm sure you've read uh, the news lately going around that social media platforms and companies are really cracking down on fake engagement and, <laughs> and fake followers. Yeah. And which I would say it's great mm. that uh, this will actually help companies to, to get most the most bang of their marketing bucks because mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're going to know where they put their money. But if we, t if we look at uh, from the influencer side, mm. What would you say, what kind of influencer will, will win the game in the long okay. run? What kind of influencer will win the game? Uh, the ones that, 
It depends on what your definition of winning the game is. Like, uh, I see some creators now who are massive and, uh, you know, you hear about them. It's like, aside from ad revenue and what other other sponsor deals they're doing um, and media plugs and stuff, they're making three million a month on merch or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and this is happening and obviously those people are crushing it. But depending on your definition of like... Uh, if you want, if your goal is to make money as an influencer, and then, and that's it, like you don't just love making content or you don't just love the thing, mm -hmm. then be walk the fine line between shock value and entertainment, and hope that some media criticizes you a bunch, get really famous, mm -hmm. sell a whole bunch of merch, and then drop off the face of the earth and move to <laughs> whatever Hawaii. Move to the Cape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> move to the Cape. But I think the real question is like. Uh, what kind of creators have like community impact or I don't know it's like why are you doing what you're doing is it fulfilling for you so if you want to win monetarily just do that if you want to be like fulfilled as a human mm -hmm. and uh, and maybe make a ton of money and get to meet a ridiculous amount of cool people mm -hmm. then um, be the person who really loves the thing that they do and share that instead of just making the thing to share it if that makes sense yeah it's like, I, I love that because yeah. that's so cool that you brought out like like I, my question was like winning the game and you brought mm. out like two different games because there's mm. the, the short game yeah. where, where, where you're gonna basically cash out as soon as you can yeah. you're gonna build some fame and cash out and yeah. move to LA mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or you're actually doing what you love and you want to build the lifestyle mm -hmm. uh, that lasts until you live mm -hmm. around that yeah and, totally and yeah it, it's, it's of course you know these are completely two different things because the first thing is if we look at time-wise, the first game is shorter and you're gonna cash out sooner. Yeah. But like, if we look at the other game, you're like exponentially over time, yeah. like you're gonna win. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, there's different people, there's different uh, agendas. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's a, if you even look to the YouTubers that become really successful and who clearly loved what they do, you have to be really careful and understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you do make something of your craft that is people want, people start to like you, and then you have to be really careful to still separate the craft, I think, and the, whatever the thing is that you're doing from the, the money and the audience and that sort of thing. Obviously, it's mm -hmm. important to have the community and engage with them and, and enjoy them, but there's, you see a lot of these big creators who hit like, it's like they get the <clears throat> cool their 800th video finally mm -hmm. something goes viral and they jump from 600,000 subs to a million and a half or whatever mm -hmm. and then it's like cool we made it and then what and then it's like you see them plateau and mm. and a lot of them the ones who are open some just drop off the face of the content planet because they're like shit I used to love doing this thing and now it's about money and pleasing the audience they're mm -hmm. in the comment section calling me a dickhead <laughs> and then uh, yeah, they, they're yeah. like their focus goes away from the from the main thing, right? Yeah, and you see them the, like, from the like mm -hmm. the initial thing. Why did they stop? Yeah, and you see them really like get in these slumps of depression or leave YouTube or whatever. And a lot of them eventually try to come back, but it's like you should be really careful about what you're doing and understand why you're doing it, so that you don't hit the slump eventually. Especially mm -hmm. if you're good at what you do, and you might actually become like <laughs> somebody with an audience. Then yeah, yeah. You have to love the thing. Yeah, because that's the social media part is also you know some kind of somewhat of mm. dangerous because it, it might 
like or the or the I, I like to say in my own words always to to look past the likes or or the follows or yeah. the subs because um, at the end of the day that that's that's what they are the mm-hmm. likes like yeah. the the likes are not gonna pay your bills yeah well, well if you just focus on the likes <laughs> <laughs> the likes are the likes are not gonna uh, the likes are not your mother who's gonna actually guide you or or <laughs> or, or, or criticize you yeah. but you know it it does matter some way like marketing wise but like uh, spiritually like it's 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 a scary part to to be at if you don't actually control mm. that part so so yeah so that that was a great answer for who's gonna win yeah i think like uh, in all aspects of people's professions or hobbies or whatever the thing that makes creators so special is they're willing to do the scary thing mm-hmm. you know they're willing to like really put themselves out there in whatever sense and in the beginning everybody thinks you're stupid it's just the way it is and yeah so you have to keep in mind why you do it because otherwise it's, it's not worth it like what's the point you're gonna mm-hmm. you like you said these likes or whatever the little red circles with the numbers in them are just dopamine hits that were literally built to get you hooked on them yeah and you can't fool your brain like your brain you can fool it but only in the short term and mm-hmm. then you really do hit this slump where it's like okay how many red circles do i need now to be happy yeah and it's just like a drug in itself yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so since you're working closely with both sides the companies and the influencers right yeah so so what kind of advice would you give the new kids so the ones who are aspiring to become an influencer mm-hmm. or 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 they already have something that mm. they that they love to do anyway and yeah. and they want to like <clears throat> like um, leverage it so so do 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 what kind of advice would you give them to mm. to to be great or to be good or or even for the ones who are already doing it <laughs> uh, don't be in a hurry and love the thing you're making before you send it out to the world like Ooh, that's deep. That doesn't mean I don't mean like the content has to be perfect either because that's another topic. But, <laughs> yeah, um, that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean is love it for the sake of loving it before you decide to share it. It's like, you know, you do the podcast, and maybe it's it's really fun. But if you started doing a podcast about marketing or whatever before you knew anything, before you knew you liked marketing, you'd be pretty miserable pretty quick. <laughs> so, yeah, l- love the thing that you create first then share and document how you do it and, and share the process and the achievements and the failures with the world. But first, just love the thing because that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a lot more sustainable than hating what you're trying to <laughs> give out yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, the other way is like just doing for, for doing it. Yeah. And yeah, mm. I, l- I love your mindset about it because uh, yeah, you really, really have to know that uh, it's your thing. Yeah. Cause it's you know that's another topic as well because like in the early ages for like mm. 16 17 18 19 mm. no well by 20 you <laughs> should some way you know by 20 I, I i didn't know what i wanted to do like like you're way ahead of me um um i don't know the word but um i think it's like i know what you're trying to say I think, yeah and i think that this struggle is one that really hits people or even my age five six years older than me my ex-girlfriend is 25 now and really had this struggle when uh, even a year ago and and she was finishing her bachelor degree already she doesn't know what she want to do with her life and it's like 
before you commit to your life, it's a big topic, right? Yeah, understand what it is that you're trying to do. It's like try taste a whole bunch of different food and understand what you hate and understand what you love. The things that you hate, you might be able to sprinkle on top of the things you love and make them taste even better. It's like try stuff. Yeah. Don't stand at the woods and with an axe in your hand and say you don't know which direction to go. <laughs> Cut down a tree and build a path. Like you, you have to start swinging before. I don't know. It's a lot of deep metaphors now. Yeah, you have to like try stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. know. You, and even if you don't know what to try, just try the first thing you see when you Google things to try. Like, just keep going. And then it's yeah. like, I don't know, the camera guy. At some point he was like, shit, I have no idea what to do with my life. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, my dad has this old camera and he steals it. And, and it's like, starts taking some pictures. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And post them online. A couple people like them. Most people hate them. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, what if I make videos? Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, what kind of videos can I make? Mm-hmm. Uh, start filming athletes doing stuff. That's boring. I don't want to do that. Cool, I meet the Sharp Life guy. And now I'm filming his podcast. And now it's like, what do I like about this? Well, actually, audio tech is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So bounce around, try different stuff. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. that's the yeah. cool thing. Yeah, but... What I was trying to say that, um, like, uh, continuing on your mm-hmm. idea is that, uh, that the things that you're going to put out at first are yeah. going to suck anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just assume everything, everybody hates everything. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's going to suck bad. I, I know from my own experience and uh, I'm not even sure how this podcast is going to go. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to suck and everyone's going to love it. At first it's going to suck, but we're getting better. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the thing is, like you said, you have to love the thing you're doing like without without anyone's approval yeah yeah because uh if it's gonna suck at first anyway then mm. at least you're gonna have to love it if everyone hates it exactly yeah <laughs> at yeah, least yeah. one person needs to love it yeah and that's why you have to love it before you look for other people's approval i think yeah and and even if everybody hates it like i, I put that on i post on linkedin a lot recently mm-hmm. and i know <laughs> and uh, i put on linkedin the other day that when you make content you have to assume that everybody hates everything except maybe one person and then maybe two people and then maybe three mm-hmm. and it's going to take you a long time that's 365 things you have to put out before <laughs> 365 people like you mm-hmm. and that's a lot for not a lot yep. and, but if you assume people hate everything and you love what you do it doesn't matter yeah so, that's good yeah I like, what, yeah. I like the way you said it that's cool yeah so I remember uh last time i think it was the first time we met we we went into the topic that influencers are actually underselling themselves <laughs> yeah. yeah which is it's it's um it's an interesting topic because mm. i actually thought about it today and i okay. and i expanded on it a little so yeah. so i want to get your take on this cool. so yeah tell me because uh, there's there's a really fine line at one end the, the new influencer needs to make themselves uh, available to be, mm. create a portfolio so they can they can have a brand value around themselves mm-hmm. and at the other end uh, they have to capitalize in some way or form to mm-hmm. uh, on on their created uh, brand value mm-hmm. and ask the price they're actually worth so what what do you think where the line goes or, or yeah. it's a cool topic right yeah yeah I like it a lot because it's it's not only influencers that do this. It's pretty much every freelancer in the world struggles to negotiate what they're worth or mm-hmm. understand what they're worth. Mm-hmm. I think the we, answer, remember yeah. we had the Timberland uh, uh, example. I don't which that Sportland's gonna give out hundred. Uh, ah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like uh, 
yeah, you're worth whatever people will pay you. <laughs> so if you don't ask for anything, you're not worth for any, anything. It's cool. like, uh, yeah, in the beginning, I'm totally on board working for free. I think, uh, yeah, I worked for free doing like, uh, when I first started taking like HubSpot courses and these things to learn about inbound and digital marketing, it's like, yeah, work for free until you have something to offer. Don't try to sell nothing. But as soon as you have something, a small audience even, make sure, set the precedent that you charge 10 bucks a post. Set the precedent you charge 20. How high can you go before people start saying no? Can you find mm -hmm. one person that'll say yes at a thousand? Like, uh, there's a lot of people in the world that will pay you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think the rule is pretty much you just keep charging until somebody, you hit the glass ceiling. And then you have to get better at what you do. Or build, a, in the influencer case, you have to build a bigger audience or have a unique value where you're making reusable content or whatever. But yeah, I think, I think as far as influencers charging more, it's like do what you do for free and love what you're creating first. That's the cool thing about influencer stuff is you're doing it for free because you love it and sharing it with the world. And then mm -hmm. people pay you for your audience, really, and your style and brand and that sort of thing. But yeah work for free and then charge as much as humanly possible <laughs> <laughs> that's cool I'm gonna like self-indulge myself there a little bit I like that uh, uh, you're worth whatever people will will pay you and if you don't ask for anything you're not worth anything so <laughs> kind of harsh but maybe yeah. true because that's that's so cool that you brought that up because that that is something of the same that, that my business mentor has mm. taught me because oh, when cool. we were can you plug who that is just curious uh, Raul Raul okay. Neymar Okay, you you yeah. probably don't know him. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, he said the same thing. Cause when we were at first uh, coming up with our price uh, pricings and and all that, mm. when he saw that at first he was like, "You're you're selling yourself too cheap," mm. and we were like, "Oh, like we're we're not known or or we don't have so much authority in our fields yet, mm -hmm. uh, and how can we ask for that?" Mm -hmm. But but he made us think otherwise, cause. Like it, it's not like of course in the influencer marketing, it it comes a lot down to your your followers or or the thing, mm -hmm. which is cool that now lately it's it's coming down more to your engagement of of your followers. Yeah. Like who are you actually reaching? Because yeah. like like Instagram and uh, Facebook mm -hmm. algorithms are changing constantly, mm -hmm. and 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 not in the favor of influencers. Mm. Yeah. But. Um, but he said that it's not so much about like your authority or or how how known are you or how mm. how many years have you done it mm. but it actually comes down to what's the worth of the problem you're solving yeah it, it doesn't matter like if if people know you that you have been in the game for 10 years mm. but if you can solve their problems you can you can ask the price that you yeah you you want to ask and they're willing to pay yeah, it's really interesting actually because this topic is one that influenced because we do a lot of like what we're, what Maker is doing is building this platform that that agencies can use to find influencers, the right influencers, and and influencers can use to find jobs. But we would do a lot of just like uh, I guess pro bono consulting and try to provide as much resources as we can to influencers in the area, mm -hmm. mostly because it helps us understand what's going on and then when we feel like we have something of real value to provide them, maybe they're more likely to interest, like you work with us. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a struggle that a lot have and some don't even understand. Like uh, they're like, I can't find enough. I can't find, I can't possibly do enough work to pay my rent with this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you're charging 
like a <laughs> bottle of shampoo for a post. What if, what if you asked for so a bottle true. of shampoo in order to make the post and then charged, a, I don't know, 25, even if you went crazy and charged 100 euro CPM, if you're a micro-influencer, mm -hmm. it's like, cool, people are, yeah, they're making it a little easier for the audiences, 100 bucks for a post and a bottle of shampoo. Mm -hmm. Like, 100 bucks, shampoo company, if it's like established, they can probably afford your hundred bucks if mm -hmm. it's a real company. Mm -hmm. And if they see value in you enough to like even spend the time negotiating with you. Yep. Uh, like people don't realize that a hundred bucks is nothing to a company really, usually. It's like if a company is pen like nickel and diming you on, nah, we can only do 75, not a hundred, then mm -hmm. they're probably fundamentally broken somehow. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a question that comes up a lot. And for like some of the influencers we work with are either models or actors or these sort of things or uh, just freelance photographers. Mm -hmm. And a good way to charge is to, uh, depending on what you're doing, figure out how much they can afford and ask them for a little bit more than that. So go on LinkedIn and search for the company, figure out how many employees they have, multiply that by a million bucks, and then assume that their marketing budget every year is between 20 and 30%. You can go low end to be safe, 20%. If they have 10 employees, that's 2 million bucks a year. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, work from there. So they have 2 million a year to spend on marketing. That's in a great tool. Listen yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they have 2 million a year to spend on marketing. How much is the, of that am I worth? And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I'm only really, this week is the only time I'm going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So you can divide 2 million by the one. 56 weeks. 56 weeks. And yeah, see, see. Or was it 52? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, the math is the same. From that point, when you know their marketing budget, it's like how much of their marketing budget for the whole year are you worth? And if you're an influencer, mm -hmm. unless you're really solid, then you're probably only worth 1%, 2%, unless you're mm -hmm. like awesome. Or, well, uh, yeah. That was just golden nugget. <laughs> spilled right here. That's the same for lots of... Like, how to, how yeah. to calculate your... Value, yeah, your or value. How much to charge, yeah. Because, yeah. because the thing is that like not all companies are are the same, right? Because mm. yeah. like, let's say that you have a company that you know sells uh, I don't know kids toys, mm. and they make around like uh, a million a year, mm. or you have a telecommunication company that's like number one Estonia and yeah. makes a, a, I don't know hundred <laughs> hundred million in a year. So yeah. like, you can ask different. Yeah. Yeah. A good way to look though is just number of employees times a million is pretty much the rule because they need to make a profit off like a profit margin mm -hmm. over each employee plus all their expenses. Mm -hmm. So yeah. That's a cool tool. Yeah. You should use it too. I'm gonna use it. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna use it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your company. By by following you and and, and the makery on, on social media, mm. I have you both uh, on on nice. my Instagram. And I see you constantly making moves, especially lately. Like, yeah. like you, you've been stepping up your content game. There's You're so much in the in the backlog too. Yeah, like, I don't know, fifteen blogs or something, in the, just ready to go. So oh. excited for you. Cool, cool. So I see you making moves, busting masterminds, having time <laughs> to produce uh, produce uh, content, and mm. you're attending events. Uh, lately, you've been uh, shouting out yourself that you wanna attend some some live conference for instance, as a speaker. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, it's, let's be honest, it's your 
you're way more productive than the average <laughs> average Joe, average yeah. person. So what's your what's your drive or or what's your secret to say? Like it's yeah. cool to say always secret. It's yeah. it's a marketing word. Like you. what's what's your drive of being productive? Know what you like to do, and that should be the only thing you do. Life is too short to do things you hate. So. Yeah, spend your time doing stuff that you love to do and understand why you do it, I think. I don't know. My like productivity tip, the biggest one that I have that I use a lot, and it's something that I'm trying to like write down more so I understand myself better, but um, really small pieces work way better. Like when I'm, right now I'm trying to, because I was so focused on the startup stuff that I was kind of uh, being a lazy ass and not hitting the gym with Sharp Life. <laughs> And uh, we're gonna hit the gym tomorrow with uh, with Miguel. Nice, nice. And Miguel, you know, he's been getting some gains. <gasps> Look at the guns on the kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, when we first started with him, uh, by the end of the summer, like he was, he was like I used to be, a, a ah, small yeah. skinny kid. Now, now he's pushing. The, what's your like the leg press? You did some. One thirty five with one leg. Yeah, with Bam. one leg. One leg. Bam. How many of you suckers out there can do 135 leg press? I'm not even sure what that is. With one leg. With one leg. <laughs> that's, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, when I have a problem like this that I see with myself or, like, a goal that I want to achieve that I know that I'm not progressing towards, I just take a mini chunk and it's like, uh, right now I get back into the habit of going to the climbing gym at least three times a week. And then... Uh, once a week, the makery team does something active together. Last mm -hmm. week, we played badminton. Yeah, and it's like just integrating these like um, micro steps into fulfilling. You know, it's it's a lot harder to say I'm gonna be fit than mm -hmm. it is to say uh, I'm gonna make sure that I spend at least two hours three times a week in the climbing gym, which mm -hmm. isn't a lot really. Mm -hmm. Eight to ten, three days a week, it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, this so it's more like like not making it uh, a big goal, but more like making it uh, a process. Yeah, and understand why you do it. Like, uh, I know that when I exercise, I'm more productive, and I know that I'm, uh, I f feel like I look better, and then I feel better, and then mm -hmm. yeah, everything You're is more just, confident. Exactly, and so um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would say that productivity is a real journey for me, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but understand the things that take you away from what you're trying to accomplish too. I, I keep Facebook like uh, way in the back of my phone in like a box with a bunch of links kind of hidden in the other side. Every cool. week or two I move around my social media icons in my phone mm -hmm. so it takes an extra half a second to get to the icon because I have to remember where I put it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that half second that stops you from getting locked in the feed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so figure out the things that take your time and eliminate them as best you can. Uh, understand the purpose behind why you do things. And look at yourself really critically and like uh, the thing that you spend the most of your time doing or this in any given moment is the thing I'm doing right now going to help me be happier or more fulfilled? And if you're watching Netflix, the answer is probably no. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, why the heck am I doing this thing then? That's cool, that's cool. Yeah. It's like... Like, like um, asking yourself all the time, am I moving in the right direction? Yeah, yeah. And, and once you start moving a little bit in the right direction, then it's like you start to understand why it's important to do that. Mm -hmm. And suddenly opportunity comes when you start knocking. And, <laughs> yeah. You know. have your thing with the knocking, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah.
Uh, yeah, it's a sno- I agree, it's a snowball effect that mm, when you start yeah. moving in the direction you actually want, then you, you start designing your life, not mm-hmm. just being in it. Yeah, true. Yeah. And even like, uh, let's say instead of the sharp life thing, you were working at a bank. It's just hypothetically, <laughs> cool, you're a teller at a bank or marketing, whatever. It's like, uh, tomorrow if sharp life drops off the face of the planet for some reason mm. uh, everybody involved with it gets arrested except for you and it's like okay I gotta eliminate sharp life from my, <laughs> from my personal brand you know you have not that I'm an important guy but you know mm. that because of what you've done with sharp life mm. you have something to fall back on if everything goes wrong it's yeah, like exactly. you have a network that you built so even if you fail if you're doing something then there's some value afterwards I'm, if you're doing the thing you love yeah, especially, right? yeah exactly because it's like cool I know that Kaspar is the marketing guru of Tally, and uh, <laughs> if Sharp Life falls off the face of the planet, you're welcome to join Makery. No but, uh, that was an invitation, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't be afraid to to fail at things. I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, maybe, but yeah, yeah, because mm. yeah. yeah, the thing. If you love what you do, you you cannot fail. Yeah, whatever, whatever happens. Yeah, but I really. The thing I I actually ask you to become my first uh, podcast uh, um, nice. uh, guest is that the the thing is that it was it was really fun funny that uh, how we how we met yeah because it, it was I, I like to think because the story is is so on point because you're you're a digital marketing guy I'm a digital marketing guy yeah and and the thing that clicked was just uh, our Instagram feeds and and we just slid into the DM and, <laughs> and that's how it started but uh, but the other thing I really like is that you really really because you're really young you're 20 and and you really know your thing and and at least you you uh, you show maybe because because we all know we have uh, we all have those uh, bones in our closet that mm, yeah, yeah. That uh, we're constantly thinking, like, am I really that good? Did I look? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but at least you you got that part right <laughs> about uh, about uh, knowing, seemingly knowing that you that you know what you do. But uh, I really hope that's the same inside. Yeah. yeah. But um, but you really have your your things in place, and and I'm sure it really comes down to values. <coughs> so so what are your values that that you yourself actually live by? Huh. Uh, this is yeah something in my life that I'm working to like better understand myself because I think everybody has these like um, Ray Dalio has a book that just came out called Principles and uh, in the book he talks about how everybody has principles and that you should work to understand your own and mm-hmm. one that I think comes up a lot in my personal understanding of like the human experience is extreme ownership uh, which is actually a, a development uh, terminology about how, or maybe, may, I think it comes from like computer science, that uh, your code is your code, and if you break mm-hmm. it, then you have to fix it, and it's your thing. And I kind mm-hmm. of apply that, that understanding to my life in general, where it's like, if I'm unhappy, then it's because of a bunch of choices I made. And if something doesn't work, then it's because I either didn't know enough, didn't work hard enough, or didn't surround myself with the right people, or mm-hmm. whatever. So I try to take really uh, extreme transparency and ownership of my own faults, and, and uh, really, yeah, work hard to not place blame on other people, because 
Most things in your life, based nothing in your life is somebody else's fault. Usually, it's. I agree. Yeah. If uh, if you if some if something really is somebody else's fault, then it's only secondary because you made the decision to be around that person. And so it's mm-hmm. like. Yeah, because because yeah. when you when you boil down the things like two or three four levels down, yeah. then it's actually your responsibility. Yeah, you really are the center of your universe in a lot of ways. So yeah, extreme ownership is one for me, and then. Um, yeah, understanding that I'm not that, not I can't know everything. I shouldn't say that I'm not so smart because that's not what, how I want to be known. But, um, <laughs> yeah, now that like thousands of people are gonna listen yeah, to you. Yeah, but um, yeah, really, I don't know. Take risks and and surround yourself with people smarter than you. Um, and if you're a decent person who is really genuinely there to learn from other people, then smart people don't mind like helping you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, yeah, so know what you know and know what you don't know. Um, eliminate unknown unknowns. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think those are two of my really core values. One that always comes up, too, that I think is selfishness. I try to adopt, selfishness. I try to adopt selfishness. Hmm. I think most people... That's interesting. Yeah, I think most people um, have at least one person in their life who they sacrifice their personal happiness for. And understanding that you don't owe some, and you don't owe anybody anything based off of uh, the virtue, the exi- based off of your existence is really important. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a girlfriend that's holding you back, or you have a relationship with your parents that's holding you back, you have to adopt the selfishness to separate yourself and understand that if you have extreme ownership over your life, mm-hmm. then you can expect other people to have extreme ownership over theirs and over their mm-hmm. life and over their happiness so allowing myself to be more selfish and to do the things I want to do despite um, a family in Canada who is you know <laughs> eager to see me again and, mm-hmm. and I love my family deeply but um, yeah it was it's a hard thing to separate yourself from that in order to chase your own would you also say there's a little like selflessness in selfishness because <laughs> like let me cl- clarify because the thing that like you said there's a lot of people who are actually thinking mm. because they don't have that extreme ownership that, mm. that someone is holding them back from yeah. achieving something. Yeah. But which is actually like in most cases, it's it's just a, a thing that people just make it up in their own head. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's actually quite selfless to to do the things that mm. that you you can do and then to become the better better version of yourself yeah. every day, mm-hmm. which actually in term is going to improve the, the life of others around you as yeah. well so it's it, it's quite selfless yeah. self uh, that's that's difficult for me selfless, selfless. to become to be selfish, selfish. Yeah, yeah 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 actually that's a really but good that's a, there's a fine line as well right yeah there's a yeah even coming not, here not to be selfish just for the point of being selfish yeah right? of course you don't do things I think it's the difference between being selfish and being selfish at other people's expense. Don't take away other people's right to be selfish. Like, um, yeah, when I le- when I being here and doing the entrepreneur startup thing, um, it's tricky because I know that, um, especially leaving again after I moved, I was home for a couple months and then came here, and in between seeing my nephew and and niece and uh, people kind of tiny people who really look up to me mm-hmm. and you think I'm really gonna like leave them and they're gonna forget about me and that's uh, that's gonna be the thing but 
and then coming here and still chasing the thing and I, I still especially my nephew have in my my mind a lot and yeah and then when I went home this Christmas mm-hmm. of course they don't actually forget me but that's the perception before and you know they're excited to see you and blah 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 and eventually the question comes up like what are you going to be when you grow up Milo my mm-hmm. nephew and he says I just want to do crazy things like you <laughs> and it's it's like yeah right like that's the that makes it all worth it right? yeah like I don't want to just be another example of somebody who waited for something to happen for him I want him to like uh, see that if he takes extreme ownership he can make something of his life no matter where in the world he is or or whatever yeah and even since coming here like my sister has started a business coincidentally <laughs> and is kind of sending me like uh, hey can you check out this business plan what do you think hey what do you think about me getting somebody to help and it's like not only do I have a more of a knowledge base now that I can share with those people, but I hope that some small part of them doing that is, and it's obviously has, it's their extreme ownership. They made the decision to take the leap, but I hope that something about me being a little crazy inspires the people around me to be a little crazy. And I really mm-hmm. believe that uh, you're kind of a product of the top five people around you, this kind of mm-hmm, old saying. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that the four or five people around me think of me as a positive top five and yeah and I want to make like you said I want to make the people around me better by being better mm-hmm. so. that, yeah. Yeah. that just happens yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah so it was it was it was a great time talking with you Avery. Yeah, man. I'm sure this won't be the first and the last one Woo. yeah let's do it again yeah so yeah it's really really cool to get your like inside scoop on on many topics and then thanks man I since since it. we're in the in the same field anyway we're gonna keep in touch and um totally yeah yeah i'm, I'm just an annoying guy to try to get a hold of right <laughs> <laughs> no you're, you're not that bad yeah. Yeah. like you can usually get an answer within a day so yeah yeah that's, that's pretty okay yeah, yeah. So yeah, thanks uh, everyone for listening to Sharp Life Branding first podcast with mm-hmm. the one and only Avery Schrader. Yes. If you want to um, get to know more about his, uh, his company and his doings, you can follow him on social at Makery and his personal is at... The Avery Schrader. The Avery Schrader. Yeah. It used to be Avery Schrader, but now since he's a little more selfish... <laughs> he he decided to make it the, the one Irish. and only yeah. <laughs> the Avery Shader. So yeah, um, looking forward to hear back some feedback from you guys. I hope you really <coughs> liked it, and we're gonna see you or hear you in the next podcast. Peace out. Adios, amigos. Thanks for having me. So Gulan, Sharp Life, Digital Podcasting. Send it out.